right now at T-Mobile. Get an awesome iPhone XR on us when you bring your family over and trade in your old device. Because whether you have mom, dad, or a friend on your mind, it's a gift so bold and brilliant, you'll want to keep it for yourself. Most importantly, it's on us in six vibrant colors. Plus, with unlimited everything from T-Mobile, the awesome iPhone XR will have everyone snapping, streaming, and sharing to their heart's content all year long. But don't wait, it's only for a limited time. So visit a store or call 1-800-T-MOBILE and get iPhone XR on us. If congested, customers using more than 50 gigs per month may notice reduced speeds due to prioritization. Video at 480p via 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers plus tax. Qualifying trade-in, port-in, service, and finance agreement required. Contact us before canceling our credit stop and remaining balance due. 64 gigs, zero down, plus 31.25 per month for 24 months. Pre-credit price, 749.99, 0% APR. One offer per account. I know, you know, we know, why? I know, you know, we know, why? You feeling my baseline, feeling my, feeling my baseline. You feeling my baseline, you feeling, you feeling my baseline. Good afternoon and welcome in to That Being Said Podcast on Sant Sports' podcast network. You can find us on many different places, of course, facebook.com slash S-O-N-T sports. And this is episode 511, and today is the Seattle Superpod. We're here recording at the Sant Hub, the Sports on Tap Hub. Shout out to my good friend, Jean-Claude. And I'm your co-host of this episode, our once-a-week Seattle podcast. My name is Sammy Jorjour. And I'm George Jorjour. We're coming at you live, well, recorded and direct this time from the Sant Life Studios in sunny Everett, Washington. Sammy, Sammy, Sammy. Ten years it took that Edgar Martinez has been elected to by the Baseball Writers of America, which always kind of makes me laugh, like the Baseball Writers of America, okay, to the Hall of Fame. So congratulations to Edgar Martinez, and that's what our show is about today, Seattle Mariners, Edgar Martinez, and uh, Sammy suggested we're going to give our top five Mariners of all time. There's only a, you know, a handful of things you could say about a Hall of Famer making it in, yeah. you know, talk about the career a little bit, a couple big plays, but then... Uh, you got to twist it up a little bit sometimes, and we'll go with the top five Mariners. I'm pretty sure we have different lists. Um, so it will be interesting to see what each person has. Um, don't forget, though, if you do enjoy some Seattle sports, it's going to be a once-a-week podcast. You can find it on iTunes and SoundCloud. Just type in Sant Sports, S-O-N-T Sports, or that being said, podcast. And if you like sports in general, just broad sports shows, we do multiple a week. Um Facebook.com slash Sports live, and it's on the podcast, all sports in general, NBA, NFL, baseball, whatever's going on in the sports world, so don't forget to check that out. Um, but let's get into Egger. Uh, it's pretty cool. Um, I w- It seemed like there was – I thought it would be for sure that he'd get into the Hall of Fame, but it seems like there was some reasonable doubt at some point that maybe he wouldn't. But I think, as you said before we started, he is the best DH of all time before Ortiz came around. Yeah. Um, which I think there's pros and cons to that. Yeah, I think a lot of well, a couple of reasons. I mean, some people have, and I, I don't know if he has or not. Has suggested he could have been on PEDs, so that was one of the reasons it took him so long. And the second reason it took him so long to get in was because he's a DH. So the writers, the baseball writers, wanted. I, I don't know if they were trying to prove a point, like hey, DHs or PED suspicion users are going to have to wait a little longer. But there was never any actual evidence that 
Egger was on anything. I mean, people in that era, it, I almost feel like everyone gets lumped into the assumption that they use if they had high number. That's why I don't think it affected his ballot. I yeah. think that because you can see the guys that were actually steroid users are affected because otherwise Barry Bonds would be 100% mm-hmm. vote. Um, guys that have actually been accused of of steroid use yeah. are not getting in. We can see that right now. Well, I mean, they're 50%, 60%. Right, but I feel like, and I could be totally wrong with this, but a lot of these guys like Bonds, Clemens specifically, and Alex Rodriguez down the line were actually you know, went to court. Rafael Palmeiro is another guy who's not getting in anytime soon because he went to court. He was named in the Balco investigation, and there was actually physical evidence that. Yeah, and that's why I'm yeah, saying yeah, I yeah. don't think it makes any difference for what Edgar. I don't think that writers are gonna stop somebody from getting in with the assumption that maybe he possibly should have been on the list for steroids because then you could kind of do that with anybody in the era that wasn't actually in a court case, right? You could have assumed that with Griffey. You, like, it doesn't matter what yeah. people say Griffey's the cleanest of all time, but he's not on the list. Couldn't you say the same thing? Well, maybe he was because he was so damn good and then he got old really fast. So you could say the same thing. I think the real reason it took a long time for Edgar to go in, and this is what I was hearing from a lot of mm-hmm. the baseball writers, and now from when I'm looking at his stats, I mean, 87, when he was... 24, 88, 89, he played 13 games, 14 games, 65 games, all because of injuries, um, and then had two good years, got his first uh, all-star appearance, you know, he was a silver slugger in the MVP votes, and then at 30 and 31 again, injuries, injuries, right? So his career had one, at the end of his 20s, had a good year, and then it didn't really kick off until he was 31 years old. And so it kind of reminds me of Nelson Cruz in a way. Yeah, uh, I mean Nelson Cruz was even later, I think, right, like thirty-four until he started really slugging, and and Nelson Cruz really didn't even have this much opportunity. Right, Edgar, I think that's the difference too. Edgar had the opportunity; he just wasn't very great, and he had injury. He was fine, but he was injury prone until looks like ninety-two when he had a breakout season. What he had four, three forty-three, and and. 18 home runs. Yeah, and 46 doubles. That's why I, I mean, he led the league. Double, he was a double machine. I mean, the bold means led the league. Yes. So he led the league in both those, which is pretty insane. Um, but then injuries happened again. And then 95 is the year where well, he led the league but, but, in but, games. By the way, the injuries in 93, 94 was no injuries, strike short in season. Yep. Okay, there it is. Yeah. So 93 injury, but still in his 30s, yeah. he had the injuries. Um, at 32 is when he led the league in games, led the leagues in runs, led the leagues in double, led the league at 356 in batting average, OPB, OPS, and OPS plus. Um, led them all. He was third in MVP voting. So I mean that that's probably the year that really when if the writers were looking at this, we're like, oh, this guy had at least one of those years where it's like you're a top five player in the yeah, league. Yeah, 95 and 2000. I mean, if you look at 2000, 37 homers, 145 RBIs, and 324 batting average, and that which is not as good as 356, obviously. 95, obviously, was you know the year the Mariners went to the playoffs for the first time in their history, and my first ever sports memory. I wrote a little article on the website about you know how yeah, as as a kid, you know, I didn't really know much about sports and. If it wasn't for that moment, who knows how much I would have really got into sports. It was the first time I actually followed a team. And I didn't, just like any kid who comes from an immigrant family, it wasn't like I was, you know, following this, uh, the Mariners all season long. The people in school were like, oh, the Mariners are in the playoffs. And everyone, we had a Mariners day where everyone had to wear Mariners clothes. And I had no Mariners clothes. So I remember mom took me to uh, to JCPenney and I got a white Mariners hat. 
and wore it to school and then that was right before the Yankees series and then game five happened where you know we're down 02 uh, dad had a uh, for those who don't know we're brothers that's why I'm just saying mom and dad not my mom or dad but yeah anyway so my dad had a uh, store at the mall and right outside that store there was a big screen TV that they put out every single day at the Everett Mall during the games and everyone would, at the mall would go watch it I mean I remember there were hundreds of people watching that big screen and I started watching it and then game five, I was at home, and when Edgar hit the double and Griffey rounded third and headed home and scored, uh, I threw a baseball that I was playing with in my hand and broke a window. So mom was pissed. I didn't give a shit because the Mariners. He still does this kind of stuff when yeah, he's yeah, angry. More yeah. when he's angry, not excited. Not excited. Um, you know, my, my I've really had some phone throwing incidents. I, I've really matured. Oh yeah, I throw <laughs> I throw my phone a lot. I've really matured over the years, huh? It's really, um, so really changed. Changed his <laughs> ways. Just changed. So I broke a window. That was one of multiple windows I would go on to break in my career. And um, yeah, so I, I I wrote in that article. Who knows if soft sports would have existed if Egerton hit that double like i really that's what made me care about sports that's my first sports memory so i i thank edgar for my first sports memory i i, I you could thank him but at the same time you would have probably had another sports memory i mean in all reality there's always one that yeah. ends up being the memory um because i would probably say i'm uh compared to a lot of people i dive into the mariners pretty aggressively for for somebody my age in my mid-20s and i never had a mariners memory I, yeah, I e- my mayor's memory is <laughs> each row one MVP and rookie of the year and they lost in the playoffs again right yeah, they, like I don't have a Mariners memory yet I'm I out of most people I know I'm pretty deep into Mariners baseball like every single day statistics watch every single game compared to most people you know uh, I mean I'd say you're absolutely one of the biggest Mariner fans I know and, and, and this comes from a kid that's dealt with the misery but I think I like dealing with the misery at this point yeah you know it's I, part of the excitement of every year like we're gonna be so bad but the year that it actually breaks through after 18 years of misery 19 20 whatever it's gonna end up being now it's gonna be a different sports feeling than for instance the Seahawks winning a Super Bowl or the Sonics memories I had when I was a kid or whatever we're getting a hockey team soon that breakthrough just the mariners making a wild card game even if it is is going to be something really different for people that were born in the 90s or late 80s even right no no absolutely i completely agree with you and you know the thing i don't know how like i love all my favorite teams a lot now i love the seahawks i love the mariners i love the huskies but the fact that the mariners have been so bad and so frustrating makes me want them to win even more like now the seahawks never won a super bowl when they won the super bowl i was really really excited like yeah we won a super bowl i care still but i don't care as much as i care about the mariners winning i i don't maybe that's just me maybe i'm crazy but like the this stretch now of 18 years of not making the playoffs and then we were talking earlier they didn't make the playoffs in their first 18 years of existence either. Gives me like this whole thing like, yeah, I, I'm with them. I'm with them. I watch I watch all the games. I'm part of this team. I care more than anyone else. So when they do actually do well, I feel like I actually went through the journey of them going well. That's fair. I, I feel a little differently. I, root, I think I root for the Seahawks the same amount. It bothers me the same amount when they're not good or good. And I think it excites me the same amount. Mm-hmm. Actually, I think it would, it, that maybe wouldn't excite me the same amount. But I think it bothers me the same amount when they're losing, which shows like in a moment of 
things not going well if it bothers me the same that probably means they care the same amount mm-hmm. um but we're just talking one that's that that hasn't happened in a while one that has but let, let's stick to let's stick to some actual anger stuff yeah um yeah, that, i went on a little the, the point there. is the point is the reason Edgar, I think, even made the Hall of Fame also outside of, you know, he had a really good few years in the league, um, a few 10, a.k.a. Um, but I think it's also what he meant to a certain organization. So if this, if Edgar Martinez was a New York Yankee and not winning, right? The, the hard thing with the Yankees is they have all these big names, but they all end up winning. So it's like they all feel yeah. like Hall of Famers. But let's say he was and on a-, a Rod was considered like a kind of a loser in New York for a while, and he had one World Series. Yeah. So you that's going to be my point is because Edgar was such a big name in a city that de- deals with misery, I think it helped his case of like this guy is a top guy in all of his what's a top guy in his environment in his specific uh in his specific industry in his team so absolutely and uh so what i was saying about egger um we had a pause you're gonna hear a pause here because we saw somebody in our camera they're just parked in the wrong place confused um but what i was saying about egger is i think because of how much he means to seattle and that team and the team that has misery and only has a few guys that are ever going to be that big to their name in the last x amount of years right. i think that really helped his case because like you said a-rod seems a loser in new york but he still won a championship was still a big part of that but if if that was in seattle or if that was in pittsburgh for the right. pirates how much bigger of a name do you become Right, exactly. Well, I mean, Pittsburgh, I, I don't know. Has Pittsburgh won any World Series? That was a, I don't think so. That was a very, uh, right, you know, how much bigger name. But, um, what? <laughs> what did you say? No, just Pittsburgh was just like. A, the Pirates, was, yeah, yeah, they didn't won anything. I don't know. I just was, it was a very nice, like, I don't know. It was really random. It was a good, it was a good example. Um, like they won one, two, three, four, five World Series. Oh, wow. Five more than <laughs> I expected to win. That's great. Um, Edgar Martinez um, drive. We have an Edgar Martinez drive. Could you imagine the Yankees having a drive for someone who's never won anything? Or someone that's like not Derek Jeter or Mariano Rivera right. or Babe Ruth. Like, exactly. See, did, like, that's, yeah, that's exactly my point. And that's what's helped Edgar propel him into And that's a, nothing against Edgar. No, you, it's good to be one of the top three, four, five players in the history of your franchise. Like, right. That's a great thing. Um, and you know what? It might be different if Edgar was healthy at 25 and had an extra three great years. Right. It might have been different, but... Um, I mean, he did make an all-star game at 40 in 2003, at 40 years old, which is still pretty impressive. Um, and that's that's why he's in there. He's had a, he had a good long career, even though it started late. Like you said, kind of like a Nelson Cruz, but it started a little earlier, but so it made it a longer career, and he played till he's older. Um, and he just means so much to the Mariners. I think him being the hitting coach the last two years yeah. for the Mariners helped too because it helped the city get back into Egger and like talking about Egger. And Egger should be points. a Hall of Famer. So... I think that really did help it a lot. Um, but overall, good for Edgar. I mean, I do remember him as part of my childhood. I mean, I was probably, I think I was, I was I like 10, 11 when he was retired. Right. Um, and so I remember the one guy who at every game, he better be at the Hall of Fame speech. Remember that guy? Edgar. The guy who used to just yell, you don't remember this. Like you, you I mean, like, I remember the young. noise, but like... Yeah, there, there was one guy who'd go... He must have been a season ticket holder every single game. would just sit there, and when Edgar was batting, you know, Edgar... Better be at the Hall of Fame speech. If he isn't, someone get... Like, buy him tickets, send him to Cooperstown. 
We got to have him there. Well, if you guys find him, figure it out if he's coming. <laughs> I don't think he is. Um, I, I don't, I don't, um, I don't know really, really like if Edgar would have been a Hall of Famer anywhere else. It's hard so, to tell, but it? it's pretty sweet. Yeah, if he was like a Minnesota twin. Well, okay, we may, probably won be, too. Yeah, he'd probably be a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Oh, but they've probably won too. You got to remember, the Mariners are one of the few organizations that have never been to a World Series. I think number the one. only organization that's never been to a World Depends Series. Depends if you count the Washington the Nationals, Nationals or not. Expos, but yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and what, three, we said four playoff berths in 41 years? Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty yeah, It's pretty good, one every 10 years. Yeah. And well, we can get to the top five here soon. We did have a lot of the players that were generational players for their time that once played for the Mariners, whether they stayed long-term or short-term, they were once Mariners. And that's part of a problem with an organization, not keeping your stars mm-hmm. and, you know, stars leaving for better opportunities because you can't win. That's a whole part of sports. <laughs> yeah. I, ho- I just hope Edwin Diaz is not one of those guys down the line that were like, Oh, he used to be a Mariners. He's the greatest closer of all time now. Well, yeah, he, he's going to be one of the, he's not going to be better than Mariano Rivera, but he's going to be true. Um, uh, he can be one of the greatest closers of all time, and I'm not. I wouldn't be shocked. Like I'm actually. I hope it happens. Yeah, I'm, I root I, for these guys. Yeah, I. My thing is. Uh, once again, uh, the misery part I think is a. It's a special, like, unique thing that Mariners fans have. Like, there's not. Like, I don't know any other group of fans that understand. Like in college, people would laugh. Like you guys are Mariners fans. They're so bad, but I don't think they understood the bond that like of misery that a Mariners fan can actually go through and of not, like, and not just, Oh my God, that guy's on the Dodgers now. Oh my God. He's playing in the world series. It's almost like a fun joke that it's kind of just preparing us for like this one big bang one day. That's going to be amazing. And what makes it even more like amazing out of all, like never winning a world series, for example, it's like, you guys have never won a world series yet, but oh, we had Ken Griffey jr. We had um, Alex Rodriguez, Alex Rodriguez, Ichiro Suzuki, Ichiro Suzuki Randy Johnson, like Jay Buhner, we've had Edgar a, Martinez, like some all-time Robinson great Cano, uh, Nelson Cruz is gonna be is, is a halftime half all-time greater also. Yeah, like, and we never won. So let's get to our top five. Though, um, are we doing this in any specific order, or just naming your five best? Let's go five up to one. All right, you're or one down to five because we probably have the same early ones. Okay, I like that. Uh, Actually, right. five. We shouldn't give our number one and then go down. That's good number question. five. What's your number five? All right. It, 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 I went back and forth between two people, Randy Johnson and Lou Pinella. Blows my mind. I'm taking Lou Pinella as my fifth greatest Mariner of all time. Why? Because, well, first of all, he coached us when he was our manager when we won 116 games, which is still the major league record for most wins. And number two, Lou was Seattle for a while. Like, I just feel like he really embodied the whole city. Everyone loved Lou Pinella. We loved watching him freak out. Um, and honestly, we've been to the playoffs four times in the history of the Seattle Mariners, all when Lou Pinella was, co- was the manager of the Seattle Mariners. Um, so I kind of just gave it to him because our best times was with our best manager, and we've never had any replication of success since then it's kind of you know it's unfortunate he did win a world series with the cincinnati reds when he was the manager there and never won one with seattle as a manager but um he was the best manager in the history of seattle randy johnson and we made the playoffs twice 
And it happened two times after we traded Randy Johnson. Lupinella left. We never made the playoffs again. They're both awesome. It's um, for me. Lupinella is obviously the best manager in Mariners history. Making a playoffs makes you like Jerry Depoto is going to be the best GM in history if we make back to back playoffs at some point, <laughs> yeah. right? So for me, uh, and not not in a discredit towards uh, Lupinella, but the collection of talent we had at that time, I think outweighed who the manager was for me. It's almost like I, I sometimes I outweigh in let's relate it to, to basketball. I think the collection of talent outweighs sometimes what Steve Kerr does for the yeah. Warriors. Right. And so for me, Lou Pinella is great. It's awesome. Right. But the talent I think is the number one part for that. Cause I think if we had some other managers we've had in our time mm-hmm. in Seattle, with that type of talent. We've seen managers like Lloyd McClendon with an awful roster be two games out of the playoffs. If you have super-duper all-stars and superstars, you see that. And I want to make this point that we've seen this with other managers in the MLB. Guys like Joe Madden, who won one in Tampa Bay, I believe, right? Mm -hmm. And they didn't win one. No, we didn't win. They went to World Series, lost his talent. The team was awful, so he left. Went to a team with good talent again, Mm -hmm. and they started winning again. And I, I, I think managers are extremely important in baseball. But I don't think there's anything in baseball specifically. Mm-hmm. If you have a really bad roster in baseball, there's nothing a manager can do. Yeah, compared well, to other w- sports. One thing I do want to point out with Lupinella, and like this is why I had him fifth. He, during his tenure in Seattle, he lost Alex Rodriguez, Ken Griffey Jr., and Randy Johnson. The following year, after we've lost to that final piece, which was Alex Rodriguez, that was the year they won 116 games. So. He also dealt with a lot of players leaving. Yeah, I know Ichiro's is yeah. <laughs> the MVP. I know, you know, I know he came in, but he did deal with a lot of players leaving as well, and was able to always hold the fort together. Yeah, I mean, but I, I think it's irrelevant for Lou Pinella. I just thought the collection of talent is was too large still because losing A Rod to get Ichiro, who Ichiro was better than A Rod that specific year in two thousand one, like. Specifically that year, each row was the MVP. A Rod was sixth in MVP voting, I think it says. So it it was, you know, we swapped like maybe the top, the fifth best player in baseball for the best player that year, um, which is not not too shabby of a swap. Good for the Mariners actually, because like that was our only era where we were actually swapping good yep. talent, getting losing guys but re-signing good talent. Um, but Lou Pinella, obviously, I think he might for a long, long time, go down as the greatest manager yeah, for the and, team. Until someone yeah. comes and does something. Um, but a lot of times in sports, I always say this, I mean, we've seen guys like Ty Lue in basketball win a championship with LeBron James. I don't know if Ty Lue is legendary. He's the best coach in Cleveland's basketball yeah, history, right? Because he won a championship. Um, so th- that's the tough thing with coaches. But we don't – being outside, like me, sometimes I I'm probably miss – how much goes on inside with what the manager does. Like you always tell me in basketball, Steve Kerr, it's not easy having that many superstars. No, absolutely. Like, so you never well, know. Who's your fifth? Like My fifth is Alex Rodriguez. All right. He tell played there for six years, seven years, sorry. Seven years, okay? And here's my thing about these seven years that I, I found so impressive. Don't I mean, the first two, he's young, 18 and 19, yep. barely played here and there, right? His first full year at 20 years old, he was second in MVP putting, led the league at 358 batting average at 20 years old. 358. That's really damn good. 36 home runs, led the league 54 doubles, and led the league with 141 runs. All right, that's hard. Yeah, that's hard to argue. Yeah, and this kid in his 
I mean, like, if we take away the first two years where he was 18 and 19 and barely played, just from 20 to 24, those five years that he played as a Seattle Mariner, as a the young guy that he was. What, what, what years are those? 96 through 2000. God, he was never won a fucking He was an all-star <laughs> four out of five of those years, right? Yeah. He was top 15 in MVP all of those years, batted 315, 184 home runs, and... 574 RBIs in those five years. I mean, for me, you had a 20 to 24-year-old guy, right? Those five years, there's 20 through 24. All-star, 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 all-star. MVP 2, MVP 9, MVP 15, MVP 3, Silver Slugger, Silver Slugger, Silver Slugger, Silver Slugger. And we know he was like one of the best shortstops at that time as a young guy. I Um, mean, damn. Yeah. No, yeah. that just pisses me off. Though. I wish you didn't even tell me this. Like we had we had, Junior, Griffey, right? we had Griffey and A Rod at that time, and Egger and, and Egger and Junior. Dan Wilson was all right, and we didn't win a World Series. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's pretty wild to think, right? Because some people think it's like the Yankees right now uh, when they have Judge and Stanton. It's uh, it's very similar. Like yeah, but they, they've only had one year of it. Yeah, exactly. You don't think if they don't ever win a World Series when they have Judge and Stanton, it's a colossal failure. Yeah, it'll be like having Griffey Rod. Yeah, but maybe even worse because nowadays you want, it's all about these like power hitters. Yeah, that's what this game is about. <laughs> it's not about finesse anymore, you know. And so I just found it so wild if you look at those numbers. Like I feel like a lot of people assume. We had a Rod, right? When he was young, not like we knew he was great. Yeah. But I feel like a lot of us, including myself, I think everybody kind of does this. We assume like we had Griffey, he was the star, which he was, but we forget a Rod at twenty years old, the ninety six, twenty years old, his first full season was second in the league in MVP. Wow! So um, was he maybe the best ma- player? You on You make the team? a compelling argument for him being the fifth best Mariner of all time, and you even can make a compelling argument that he's the second best Mariner of all time. But it's just like <laughs> if he was there four more years, yeah, he's the best Mariner of all time. Maybe, yeah. If you add it, let's pretend he did the same thing he did. Well, it, it, yeah. playing in Texas from twenty to twenty seven years old, he would have had an MVP award, right? Mm-hmm. Two two gold gloves add on top of that. Two more all stars, um, three more silver sluggers, and he would have batted three eleven with three hundred and forty home runs and a thousand RBIs. Yeah, and I just feel like we we all it's, people hate it, on it's A-Rod. weird how we looking back on things we decide who we like and we don't like. Alex Rodriguez went and signed a contract. I remember the day he came back and played the first time against the Mariners in the Kingdome. Before this was before Safeco was even. Uh, no, no, it was it was at Safeco. It was at Sorry, Safeco. It was at throwing Safeco. the dollar bill. They're throwing the Monopoly money. That was, at him. We were at that game, I think. Yeah, they were throwing. This was one of my first. Yeah. What year was that? That was two thousand one. Three. Two thousand one. Sorry, two thousand. Yeah, when he yeah. left in Etro. That's probably remember I told you my yeah. first memory somewhere yeah. like in some like yeah. I said Gary Payton and Sean Kemp and also somewhere in that my first You're throwing Monopoly money because Etro, our cousin from Syria at the time, really liked Etro Yara. Yeah, but that was that was later on. That I know, but a, like I just everything about Etro coming to Seattle yeah. was when my memory started to click and A Rod. People were throwing but, Monopoly money. Yeah, but but what I want to say is people were throwing Monopoly money at A Rod for leaving Seattle. However, everyone still loved Ken Griffey Jr. when he forced to trade and said, I'd only go to the Cincinnati Reds. Yeah, which like handcuffs a team. Yeah, which handcuffed the team and said, I don't want to be here anymore. But people, for some reason, like, oh, it's a junior. It's okay. Know why? Because A-Rod was 24 just at the beginning. Like, I think with junior, it was kind of starting the downturn. Yeah. With A-Rod, it was like, we. it's like having LeBron James at 24 years old and being like, never mind, I want to be here. Yeah, like, that's, that's very it's fair. It's tough, but... 
I think one thing we always miss with A-Rod is I know steroids are part of this whole thing, but my God, this guy had a... He was a monster, st- monster career. Three MVPs in a... From 96 to 2010, George, three MVPs, 305 batting average, 608 home runs, 1,800 RBIs, Amazing. like 300 stolen bases. The guy was just on a different level. Absolutely. Uh, so who do you have in fourth? I think we have both have the same fourth Edgar? guy. Edgar Martinez. Edgar yeah. Martinez. Yeah, Edgar. Uh, we, I, we don't have to say much, right? We kind of went through everything we said about Edgar. Uh, yeah. I think a lot of people might have him at like three. Yeah. I got some other guys. I, I know who you have at three, and we probably have the same guy at three. Think, so, do you have anything yeah. to say more about Edgar? I think we kind of, you know. The only reason he's not maybe a, at two or three mm-hmm. is because he is a DH. Yeah. For I, the part of his career where he was successful. Because he was... Not a DHF first, right? Second right. base, but he was unsuccessful. And then when he got third to base, third base, and then he was successful at being a DH, which makes it a little harder, especially considering the talent you have, like Griffey's and each rows exactly. and Felix's, et cetera, et cetera. Who do you um, have at three? We both have Felix, I'm assuming. Yeah, I got Felix Hernandez at number yeah. three. Here's the thing with Felix. I just want to say he's kind of been the face of a, a bad era, but he's been the only bright spot in a very dormant sad, pathetic, lonely, hard era to be a Mariners fan. So, and he's been the only consist he's consistently been great. He's put given us some really good times and now as soon as like, you know, I feel like we might start getting better here in the next few year few years. He's on the decline. And but if we get good in three years, he'll be 35. He might be able to reinvent himself a slight bit to be the yes. fifth starter on the team for a successful Yeah, fifth or fourth starter, but he will yeah. never be the ace again. No. Um, I do want to say this. The reason I have him ahead of Egger yep. is because of the Cy Young. The Cy Young means you were the best at, at your position mm-hmm. out of the entire league at that time. And you, you probably should have, have had multiple Two. Cy Youngs. The, the one year before that, he should have had it. I thought the um, year after when Kuber got it, he should have got it. No, the year after he was... Uh, or was it two years after? The probably year, two years. The year you're, if you're talking Kuba. about the Kubler year, I think that was like four, three years after. Maybe. 2014, where he was Cy Young 2 again. Yeah. Okay, that was um, He was Cy Young 2. He, he was 15 and 6, 2-1-4 ERA. Yeah. Um, but Cy Young means you were the, the best in the league at that time. Kind of why I have A-Rod over a guy like Randy Johnson mm-hmm. right now. I don't know. Because he was so young and so close to being the best player at the league at that time and over like a Lou Piniella. Cause I think there's a big, there's something important about being like the best at your position, yeah. especially, you know, as a young early part of your career, Felix won the Cy Young at 24 years old. That is a young year. And he wasn't an all-star that year, which I right, just blows makes my no mind. sense, but I'm going to read you something. All right. 2009 till 2015. And I think this is the biggest, you know, Talking point for him, right, is obviously he was an all-star every year except for the year he was a Cy Young, whatever that means, right? He had two years of being the Cy Young 2, Cy Young 7, Cy Young 8, Cy Young 4, and obviously the Cy Young, one, Cy Young once. But during that stretch, he went 104 and 65 on the worst team in baseball. Yeah, no run support. Yeah, no run support with a 2.83 ERA and a, uh, he had, what was it? Strike, where is it? Strikeouts, 1,500 strikeouts. So... Pretty, pretty good. Pretty good. 1,500 strikeouts, 1,500 innings pitched. That's a strikeout per inning. And he was, and let's not forget, like, he also, like, let's forget about, I don't want to forget about stats, obviously, but like, let's get away from stats for a second. He, like I said, 
he was the only thing we had going for us. We weren't making playoffs. The only thing we had going for us was a King's Court and going to the game to watch Felix and every five days saying Happy Felix Day. And during the times that these last couple years, like the 2014-15, those last two good years he had, we were really close to playoff race. And like you said, that King's Court, that Felix Day was like the one moment of comfort we had. Like, okay, we need Felix to get a win. Yeah. We trust him to get this win, right? Exactly. Yeah. And so that's where everybody just kind of got bonded together. Yeah. He, and, and I think we put him up there too, because how much he loves Seattle too. Like I'm not leaving Seattle ever. This is the team that drafted me. I don't want to go to New York. I don't want to go to Boston. I want to be a Seattle Mariner. Don't trade me, please. Yeah. I want to stay here. I don't care. Like he, uh, he just, like I'll take a lesser contract next time around. Probably. Yeah. I think his loyalty is the reason Seattle and us and Mariner fans are so loyal to him. I'll say this. Um, Kind of how we're talking about Edgar, the reason he's in the Hall of Fame with like maybe it's part of being in Seattle and this the dark franchise. It's kind of like what you're saying about Felix is for us right now in our top five Mariners Hall of Fame, he's in this dark time where nothing's going on except for greatness from Felix Hernandez. Exactly. Um, and I mean, outside of him and that magazine I have on the wall with Robinson Cano, that what does it say time to believe the mlb preview sports illustrated we believed and it was damn close yeah it was close for like three four years in a row especially last year was the one that hurt the most but it happens um injuries killed us last year too so i know um that's all i got for felix he if this team was a playoff team during this area era he could have maybe gone down as the best mariner of all time I know it's hard as a pitcher to go over yeah. a batter, but I mean he 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 would have passed Griffey for me if this guy went and like played a game seven in a in a uh, playoff game and won it, maybe. right? Like and maybe and played a, a, it'd be hard. It'd be hard. I, I think, but you'd have an argument if he had um what's his name? If you want a World God, Series? Cole, like, if he had like a Cole Hamels type of playoff career, Madison Bumgarner type yeah. playoff career, the same Felix. In the playoffs, doing those but, kind of games, I, I, like look, who's the best giant of all time? Everyone says Willie Mays or Barry Bonds. They never say Bump. I, I, it's weird for pitchers. Sometimes just don't get the credit. They also had Willie Mays and Barry Bonds. Yeah, we have Ken Griffey Jr. Who's, I, <laughs> so. Okay, but I'm not putting Ken Griffey Jr. in the same set and just Willie uh, Mays and I and Barry Bonds exactly in the Ken same Griffey set. Ken Griffey Jr. Unfortunately for me, <laughs> the thing that sucked about Griffey was he was in an era where everyone's doing steroids, so it kind of lessened him a little bit. Right, and he's. He has, I think, this, more home runs than Willie Mays, and he's just he's Willie Mays and Barry Bonds. That, that's just where I put him. Yeah, you know, I, he's I a six. Like, if you take out Barry Bonds and Alex Rodriguez, I think he's the fourth most home runs of all time. So that, that's why I put him there. But yeah, we'll we'll get to that when we get to that. Who's your second? Itro, of course. Yeah, yeah. me too. Itro as well. Wow, we've been Itro almost passed Griffey for me, in the sense of just pure. If, if Ichiro came into the league... When he was 21, yeah. yeah he would have passed Griffey yeah. easily. Like, I don't think it would have been even been close. But I, I'm going to do what I've been doing here, right? Go through a stretch of X amount of years. So, obviously, Ichiro Suzuki, like you said, that was my... 2001, I was in first grade. That is the time for me to start loving Sports, baseball. Seven, yeah. Like, what are you in first grade? Eight, nine years old? Eight years? Uh, seven? Um, that's fun, fun. I was in first grade when the Mariners... Uh, 1995. Yeah, so like so seven. That's my first memory. And yeah, same thing. You're like seven, eight years old. Itro yeah. came into the league, was the MVP, the Rookie of the Year, an All Star, a Gold Glover, and a Silver Slugger. That's that's like a, that's like having a triple crown of like awards, right? Right, right. None so it is remarkable what he did um, during that time, and it makes you just 
truly appreciate him. And if you go down the list also, it's all-star, 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 all-star. Every single year until 2011 didn't get an all-star, right? So but nine years straight. MVP won, and then an MVP vote in every single year except for one. A gold glove every single year. And look at the um, games played. It was yep. so consistent. Never and he heard. led the league in at-bats in most of those years. Hits most of those years. Broke the hit record. And this is the one thing I wanted to say is during that 2001-2011 stretch, mm-hmm. he went 326, which is just ridiculous. 280, 280 uh, doubles, 74- triples 605 rbis 420 stolen bases which is amazing and, and he still had almost 100 home runs and, which he's and, not a home run hitter and he also for not being a power hitter put fear in opponents uh if you look at 2002 and 2004 he led the league in intentional walks and he's not a home run hitter so mm-hmm. which usually, that's like usually to barry bonds right yeah well barry bonds did lead the league but he was in the nl so yeah but he led the american league in intentional walks which for non-power hitters means that pitchers just feared this guy because he was just fun and he was exciting to watch. <laughs> Very. I mean, I know he won MVP in, what was it, 2001, right? Batting 350, which is ridiculous. But the year that he broke the hits record, 262 hits, right? He batted 372. Um, when's the next? Do you think we'll ever see a guy bat 372 again in our lifetime? Yeah, I think we'll see a guy finally bat 400 again. But it's going to – and I don't know when it's going to happen, but – uh, 372 is one of the best hitting years we've had in a long time. I mean, I'm interested to see what, like, like recently. I think Tony Gwynn was the closest to get to 400, and that was a few years before Ichiro, I think. Like, when was the last, like, 380, 390? Larry Walker had some years where he was up there. I know that. I, I am interested to see that. Tony Gwynn wasn't even close to Ichiro. 350. 359, 358, 347, 339. Larry Walker, 339, 357. Todd Helton was the closest. Okay, there you go. Todd Helton, 372. Todd Helton, not Larry Walker. 372. Yep. You had. Tony Gwynn, 1994, batted 394. Oh, I was looking at A Rod. Look how the. You don't understand how my sheets look. Okay, yeah. Yep. 394, yeah. Well, because that was actually Paul O'Neill. It's A L N L, or N L A on my list. Look at this. See, like, it's Tony Gwynn batting average, Paul O'Neill batting average. So I was just looking at this number. Oh, okay, there we go. I knew Tony Gwynn had a year where he was, like, 394. So outside of that, though, the next most was... Larry Walker, 1999, 379. And then in our modern era, Nomar Garcia Parra and Todd Helton, 372. And the same as each of 372. Yeah. And that was... That was... Um, how many years ago now? That was... 15 years ago almost. So I don't yeah. think we're going to see it soon. I really think it might be another 10 years until we see 372, especially now. Do you know how many people swing for the fences and how many people strike out more? That's and, true, yeah. We, I mean, not. Mookie Betts this year and Jose Altuve. Do, do you think we're going to see much better than what Jose Altuve did the other year, like hitting-wise? Not much better. Not much. And he was no. 346. Yeah, that's, no, that's a good point. It's, a good it's going to be interesting. Take, I mean, those are the two things I'm most interested in seeing broken in baseball, the 56-game hitting streak and the 400 batting average. Yeah, and maybe even the... Ichiro's hitting record, 262. I don't know if that can be broken. I don't That's know if that'll be broken because you have to also remember Ichiro never walked. <laughs> like, he didn't take bases, you know? If he was an intentional walk, he can – because he was the type of dude that just laid out for pitches right, and right. found I mean, a way I'm to hit. I'm trying to see here how many – I mean, he hit, hit 372, but his on-base was only 414. Like, if you go look at Edgar, he batted like 340, and his on-base was like 490. <laughs> yeah. Like, he just would didn't walk as much. He's, he was insane, bro. Um 
so we but you had we had the same list after number five you had Pinella, I had a rod then uh it went egger felix Itro, and now of course we all have ken griffey ken griffey at one yeah um he saved baseball in seattle he really did if it wasn't for griffey this team was ready to be sold ready to be moved that's why they call safeco field the house that griffey built for a while he's the reason we still have baseball in seattle um you just wonder if he didn't go to Cincinnati, if he didn't get hurt, what would his career really look like? Because he was on pace to hit 800 home runs when he left Seattle. He actually left at a great time for us. For us. Oh, for us, I yes. Mean, his, at 30 and since he hit a great year, 271 with 40 home runs. And then from there on, it was pretty bad outside of like at age 35, he had a 301 and 35 home run right. year. but. It wasn't anything like it was before. Before. No, no, absolutely. So you can just see the awards next to his name on baseballreference.com. I and know. It stops. All star, all star, all star, and one MVP, twenty fourth in voting. But like the other years are just filled. I know. It's it's kind of sad, like because it's Ken Griffey. When Griffey left Seattle, people were talking about him hitting eight hundred home runs. <laughs> And then he got hurt. And he still ended up with 630 home runs. And I think there's only, what, seven, eight players in history to hit over 600 home yeah. runs. And I think three of them have been on the list or been found to do steroids. So yeah. um, just an incredible career. His time in Seattle was incredible. His catches. His, every kid at the park would dress, want to pretend I'm Griffey and, you know, shake the bat and swing for the fences. Probably brought a lot of kids with bad mechanics because they, like, it looked like a golf swing almost, but it's, it's not. almost like, like why Prince Fielder is Prince Fielder. Like, yeah. End up having a bad back because he swung just – that's what people kind of grew up seeing with Griffey is just swing. Right. And just, his swing was so pretty. and Yeah, it was great times. Um, another guy never won a World Series. Kind of disappointing. His dad won too. Yeah. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> Good yeah. for his dad. I mean, I um, I I still I think because of his likable factor and his fun factor and his his you know, um, it it, it obviously has to with being like a, the black kid with the backwards hat with the dad that they came into the family that like with the big smile the, the cool swing yeah the swag the backwards hat stuff like that helped his like persona even get bigger because the thing is i mean you could argue him being one of the best players of all time right um but it's interesting in seattle i think to look at if you look at the numbers that Itro had and that griffey had we're talking you know top five list um you could make a lot of arguments that Itro was better maybe just simply on baseball mm-hmm. um when it came to his batting average, stolen bases, RBIs were, you know, obviously it's different when you're a power hitter and, and uh, uh, the slapstick hitter, is that what they call it, right? Yeah. Um, but you can make an argument that they've kind of had the same impact when it comes to MVPs, one, um, gold gloves and all-star appearances and minimal playoff berths, <laughs> right? Yeah, and so I, I just think if, I, I mean, like you said, if Ichiro came earlier in his career and was around a lot more... Um, great ads on baseball reference. Um, if um, <laughs> Ichiro came earlier, I think you'd, he could go down. He'd probably be the all-time leader in hits. Which yeah, we'd, say, we'd say, I think you're right when you say if Ichiro came earlier, we would talk about Ichiro a lot differently. See, that, that was my point, is that we would 
talk about it differently. But I'm saying if you just base it off numbers and not the um, – because I genuinely think uh, Griffey as a person in mm-hmm. Seattle and like as a the model of excellence in Seattle and the persona he had is part of what makes him – better than each row but if we didn't know anything about each person or age and just straight numbers they'd pretty much be you could sit there and just blind test you'd argue it would be really hard arguing which player is better if you look at each row led the league in hits six out of those 10 years while griffey led in like home runs a lot of those years you'd have you know the batting average side for each row you'd look at all stars they like matched it MVPs matched it. Gold Gloves probably matching it. So it's pretty wild to see that how close they are. But because Ichiro came at 27 and wasn't really in this, like, didn't save the Mariners. Right. I think it gives them a different type of a, a yeah, feel no, for it's Mariners. It's a very fans. interesting way to look at it. Um, like with Griffey, I, I kind of look at total bases, too. He led the league in total bases twice, which is hard to do. Which cause Like he, how much, though? Like what are the numbers we're talking about? Like total bases uh, in 97, 393 total bases. I don't know how much Ichiro's high was. but 320? 320, so. Pretty high still. Still pretty high. Um, but in general, I just find, you know, for me at least, power hitters that also hit for average. It's not like Griffey was a power hitter who's batting, you know, 220. He's batting, you know, his big good years, three, 304, 56 homers, 147 RBIs. I just find that to, to me to be a little more valuable than guys who hit base hits, but they're both they're to me. I, That's I, part of the persona thing yeah. I'm talking about yeah, too. Absolutely. I mean, I'm I'm just saying as like if you were a baseball purist, which I love baseball, but I, I don't think me either one of us is a I'm not purist, purist in the sense like in the sense of uh, like oh my god the stare like me and you have dip, like different views than maybe a, a, the baseball writers from America. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like we'd probably put the steroid guys into the Hall of Fame. In a certain section, yeah. We are not purists. Like, we know the game well, but not purists. Um, but I think if you, if you were a baseball purist, blind test. Forget if you like power hitters more or less or what it is. I think the numbers would line up more. But I do think Griffey's greatness did yeah. propel based off of power hitting. And that's why you put him and, number one. <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean. But that, I, that wasn't my point. Right. He is my number one. Yeah. My point is, numbers-wise, there's a huge difference like there's a lot of guys that have the same numbers as each other, but one person's coveted much more, right? Yeah. So I, I'm obviously saying Griffey's coveted more. I'm just saying if it was a blind test, you knew nothing about who Ken Griffey was, Etro was, and just looked at numbers. It's pretty similar, which is amazing for the Mariners to have two of the guys mm-hmm. from what was that, 96 to 2000 and or two, 96 to what was Griffey? Nine, Griffey on, was from 1989 into what? Till 2000. Same with the greatness years. 1999. 1999, and then you gra- you lose him. But you have A-Rod, don't forget. Yeah, you have A-Rod, but then you lose A-Rod, and then you add Ichiro, yeah. who was like maybe one of the greatest players, actually was maybe the best player in the game for 10 years yeah. also. And with all that, nothing's happened in the marriage organization. Yeah, I know. It, it, We've it, stacked it, it, up the best players in generations. Oh, God. Maybe, the, maybe what we need to do is get shitty players. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> who knows what we're doing this year. Uh, that's what we're doing. So maybe yeah. well, watch this year we go on a run. You never know. You never, never know, know with baseball. You're right. You never know because it's such a streaky sport. Yeah. Um, but they have – this Mariners team has been confusing this year just to wrap up, I guess. We, we know what the lists are. Congrats to Edgar. Congrats yeah. to our top five for being making our top five. Hey, congratulations. Yeah. I'm congrats. sure that means so much. Congrats, Lou Pinella. George put you in. <laughs> A-Rod, congrats. Um, I, this this season's going to be interesting. 
Depoto, I'm not quite sure what he's doing because they're signing a lot of decent guys to yeah. one-year contracts. Like, I think I'd rather just be completely shit rather than be half shit, half young. Like, Lich, let's do the Cubs method. What did the Cubs do a couple years ago that helped them win a World Series? They, they just tore it down. Yeah, they tore it down to rebuild. The Braves, I haven't watched, I haven't even heard of a Braves game until last year, in the last 10 years, yeah, no, and now absolutely. they might be one of the best teams in baseball next year. The Phillies. Won a World Series, decided to shut it down because we don't have the talent anymore. Was yeah. the worst team in baseball for two years. This year, they might be a World Series contender and a contender for Bryce Harper's and Manny Machado. Yeah, so amazing. That's all you need to do is tear it down for two years, which it looks like we're doing, but it seems like there's a little weird in between. Does yeah. it feel that way? Sometimes, yeah, but I feel like we might not be even done moving people and getting more prospects. I think it's just like we're trying to get rid of everyone. Yeah, and, and we are. St- I, Sorry if you're a big Kyle Seager fan listening. Mm-hmm. We're stuck with guys like Kyle Seager at a hundred million dollars. Yeah, no one's gonna trade for Kyle Seager. You're gonna have to pay people to take Kyle. Seager. Yeah, uh, and I have nothing against Kyle Seager. He's just not. He's not what he was two years ago. Right. And he's been now. He's overpaid. At the time, he was actually pretty I'm pretty averagely paid. Yeah, and now it's a little overpaid, but. God bless the Mariners and God bless Seattle. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you for listening. This has been the Seattle Superpod, and uh, don't forget iTunes. SoundCloud, type in that being said, or type in Sant Sports. We do shows on all sports, but we also do a once a week Seattle podcast. You will notice a difference if you're on SoundCloud. It'll be a green logo instead of a red, or it'll say Seattle Super Pod before the podcast if you only want to hear Seattle. But if you want to hear them all, check it out and then go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Sant Sports, S O N T Sports, and you can watch it live and comment in. We answer all comments. Last but not least, go to pod that pod that on instagram and before every show we will uh put up a little uh you can type in a question or whatever it is also um because it's not live and you and we'll answer them so almost like a little mailbag so don't forget to do all that um episode what is it george 511 511 this is sports on tap and this is sports radio redefined Individual results may vary. When it comes to vein disease and those embarrassing, painful varicose and spider veins, no one is immune. Just ask three-time beach volleyball gold medalist Misty May Trainer. I was surprised to see I had vein disease. I didn't think I was old enough. I'm a working mom of three young ones and I still coach. I need my legs healthy and performing at their best. That's when Misty went to Vein Clinics of America. The doctors of Vein Clinics of America specialize in the latest laser therapies and minimally invasive treatments. It's like they turn back time. The veins they treated are completely gone and the procedure happened so fast. For over 35 years, women and men have been enjoying healthy, strong, and youthful-looking legs thanks to Vein Clinics of America, like gold medalist Misty May Trainer. Vein Clinics of America work for me, and they can work for you, too. Call Vein Clinics of America now to see if you qualify for a free consultation. Most treatments are covered by insurance. 800-307-4200. That's 800-307-4200. 800-307-4200. Summer's almost over, but at Old Navy, the styles are as hot as ever. Get to Old Navy now for 30% off all jeans, 40% off all dresses, and 50% off all tees. That's right, get 30, 40, and 50% off all your favorite styles for the whole family, plus up to 75% off clearance. Hurry in fast. These deals won't last. The sale ends soon at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid in-store 822 to 828 and online 822 to 824. Excludes in-store clearance, bubbles, active, licensed, and men's package tees.